This podcast is brought to you by the Gosh Learning Academy. Welcome to the sixth and final episode of the QI6 Quality Improvement Podcast Series on Gosh Pods. In today's episode, we'll be discussing how sustainability plays a role within quality improvement work and beyond. We're joined by Jesse, who is a QI practitioner and staff nurse, and Caitlin, who is a QI coach in the quality team. Nice to have you both on the podcast. Thanks for having us. So today we'll be talking about sustainability. Sustainability within QI has always explored how project can continue to run after it has been successfully implemented. However, with the ongoing climate emergency that we are facing, the sustainable approach has been further explored to give a more holistic approach, looking at the social, financial and environmental impacts, which is known as the triple bottom line. The triple bottom line allows us the opportunity to view things in a more holistic approach, recognizing what impact there is for the staff, patients, the organization, and globally, such as CO2 emissions. Great. Thanks, Jesse. Yeah. And I think it's fair to say that these two definitions of sustainability are so important for us to consider at this stage of our podcast series. And hopefully we'll be able to give some really good examples of how projects at GOSH have managed to keep showing continuous improvement, even after the initial drive to implement improvements has gradually stopped. And we also, we want to help our listeners to consider how they can help the planet within any improvement ideas they already have. So it's the sustainability of seeing continuous improvement and the sustainability of doing our part to stop the rapid effects of climate change. In other words, we want to keep the good things going. Yes, exactly. Sustainability is how we can maintain or improve a process over time. This can be explored through individual projects, such as rotating medications to ensure the soonest to expire is used first and remove possible risk of waste. From a triple bottom line point of view, this would reduce environmental impacts through reducing supplies from manufacturers that have high CO2 emissions. It would have a financial saving for the organization to reduce product purchases that are not required as frequently or purchase more of the products that continually run out or run low. From a social perspective, it would ensure the right medications are available for the patients, ensuring correct treatment is provided and minimize patient stay and continue to provide safe care. That's so interesting. I really like the triple bottom line principle. And I think sustainability can also be explored in the global context, such as reducing CO2 emissions. And an example of this is the work that is being carried out to reduce anesthetic gases where possible. So healthcare settings should be considered not only in terms of what can be delivered to an individual today, but also to the population in general and the patients of the future. That's a great example. We are working within a complex healthcare system, which is within a complex organization. In the current context of both climate change and the wider state of the NHS, it is now more important than ever to make improvements within healthcare that are sustainable for future populations. When we're making improvements, when utilizing the QI methodology in the NHS, we're not introducing new things into a static system, but we are exploring the current system in its complex state and seeing how it can be improved. So let's take a quick example of making a change sustainable in your day-to-day life. We're all feeling the effects of rising costs and we're all looking at ways to reduce our costs of living. So if you looked at your current energy bill, could you recognize any areas for improvement like turning off the lights or maybe reducing your heating usage? How could you monitor those savings? Perhaps it would be your energy bill or getting a smart meter. 
So by continually looking at your data, you'll probably be reminded to keep turning off the lights or only using your heating when it's absolutely necessary. That's a great example of something we've probably all done at home recently. Yeah, we're all feeling the pinch. Jesse, can you tell us about a project at GOSH that has remained sustainable? Over the past six months, we have piloted a project on Leopardwood to explore the timeliness of observations. We recognize that staff across the hospital record observations that could be inputted onto a system hours after they were initially taken. This could lead to delays in recognizing the deterioration of patients, and it also does not give timely data to the wider multidisciplinary team. From the pilot, we have improved timeliness of observations by more than 20% through small cycle changes, through education and understanding why the delays were occurring. We used a benefits matrix to identify what could be a quick win, which is a small and achievable task to empower people to continue and sustain the project. Within the observations work, we highlighted staff being unaware of the insert column through EPIT and technical difficulties were also raised. Through education and reminders, there was a clear increase in the input data. And then finally, the practice educator took a step back from reminding staff, which allowed us to identify that staff continued to improve their timeliness, which indicates a sustained improvement and great work achieved by the team. This could also be known as a stabilization phase. When those involved heavily in the project take a step back from the direct involvement and continue to monitor the data to check that the improvement continues. We need to make sure that our improvement ideas empower us to change current behaviors and sustain them. The key message here from the nursing observations work is to move away from being person dependent and utilize the resources and team that are available through system design to deliver timely and effective results, which continually support the care that we provide to patients. Well, that's such a great example. It's, it's really great to bring in these, these real life examples that we've had from, from Gosh. And it sounds like one of the main challenges that we need to overcome in sustaining an improvement is this human factors element. Yes, definitely. So you may remember that we talked a little bit about human factors in episode four, when we were thinking about ideas for change. And this is definitely something we need to overcome if we want our improvements to continue on. We want that sustained improvement in our data. So it's not going to be humanly possible to rely on only one or two people to keep on pushing for improvements. If the project as a whole is not seen as a priority to the team, there can be forgetfulness that starts to creep in or competing priorities start to take most of a staff member's time on a busy ward. If we look for improvements that are based on system changes, this will go a really long way to overcoming this major challenge of sustainability. By understanding the system, Changes can be made to remove unnecessary tasks, like the example you just gave of the team on Leopard, removing the step of writing and transcribing the observations, which enabled a smoother workflow, and it benefited all involved. This contributes to the improvement remaining sustainable. Yes, definitely. So let's talk about spread now. Caitlin, can you tell us what is spread and why is it important? Yeah, definitely. So I think spread is quite a simple, a, a simple sort of idea. It's really just about sharing the successes and learnings you saw from your improvement projects. You'll want to spread what you learned because it will help others to understand how they can see improvements in their service too. Spread is also about celebration and building enthusiasm for improvement. At GOSH, we have the ambition to see QI at the heart of everything we do. And to do that, we need to be hearing about everything that is happening at the trust. That's how we build a culture of valuing improvement. We also hear the phrase silo working used a lot in healthcare. And this is when individuals or teams work on a change or a project 
and they don't have the mechanism to share what they learned easily, or maybe they're unaware of where to find information about what others are doing. And I'm sure you've all experienced this, and certainly for you, Jesse, as a nurse, you have a new idea to improve something. So you might start to talk to a few people about it. And after a while, someone says, you know, my colleague in business has been doing that for a few years now. So imagine how much time you could have saved by going to talk to that person last year, or if you'd heard about their project in the first place. Yeah, I completely agree. Since working within the quality improvement team, I definitely recognize that many projects and ideas that I had as a nurse were already being done in other clinical areas. So I was able to learn from their experiences, which I had previously not thought of doing. Therefore, I have appreciated the importance of information sharing as we can all learn new skills from each other and have the opportunity to improve our current workflows throughout the organization. Great. So what kind of opportunities does spread give us? By spreading the impact of a project, it allows everyone in the organization to have an opportunity to see the great work that has been conducted throughout. It is an opportunity to share successes of work that has gone well, but also to share challenges based and how they were overcome. Perhaps this project had too many challenges and the team couldn't overcome it. By sharing that work with someone else, they may have the tools or the knowledge to support to be able to achieve that project goal. Great. And in what ways can we share and celebrate how we improve at GOSH? By registering projects with GOSH QI, uh, we can share the project given the right tools and techniques. The added benefit is that if everyone in the trust can see the project you're working on and get in touch if they're looking to do something similar. Quality improvement projects can also be shared throughout the organization at the GOSH conference, which is held yearly. So Jesse, do you have any key tips for us on how we can start to embed the principles of sustainability for the planet in our improvement journey? Yes. So the first part is to try and scope your QI idea. See if there are any sustainable opportunities that can be explored within your project. These can include the prevention. So how can we promote health? How can we prevent disease? And how can we reduce the need for healthcare in the first place? Can the care be done within their home setting rather than having to come to hospital? We also can look at patient empowerment. How can we empower patients to take a bigger role in managing their own health and healthcare? Is this about educating patients sooner about the medications and how they can administer themselves? Or is that the techniques that we can look at? We can also explore lean pathways where we can streamline care to reduce low value activities and add high value services to the care that is provided. And then finally, there's also low carbon. So we can switch to low carbon treatments, which utilize digital technology. We can reduce the waste of medication and also reduce wasting consumables and the energy as well. So for example, turning off lights or using automatic lights in areas to try and reduce energy bills. That's brilliant. It's just so interesting. If you'd like some more information now, Quality Hub is the go-to place for all things QI. And here you can read about other QI projects, audits and clinical outcomes around the trust, as well as look at some data dashboards. You'll also find some headlines of great work happening through our Twitter feed, where we will share the successes or learnings that have come from projects. So as a final word from us, as we come to the end of our podcast series, there is quite a journey we go through as we're improving. We had a clear start point at episode one, traveling all the way through to today's episode. But don't think of this as an end point. Something we'd really encourage all of our listeners to do is to see the improvement journey as a continuous process once you've started. Once you've found that your improvements are sustained, keep reflecting, keep looking at your data 
keep learning, keep being curious and keep asking questions. And come and talk to the QI team about your ideas and the challenges you're facing. We'd be delighted to hear from you. Thank you very much, Caitlin and Jesse, and a big thank you to the whole QI team. I've really enjoyed listening to this series of six podcasts and feel I've learned a lot about quality improvement, so thank you for that. As Caitlin mentioned, there are lots of resources on the Gosh Quality Hub, or you can find out more by following the Gosh Quality page on Twitter. Just search at quality at Gosh. And thank you for listening over the last six episodes. We hope you've enjoyed these podcasts. We've got lots more exciting podcasts coming up on Gosh Pods, so please make sure you've subscribed and we would be really grateful if you leave us a rating. Don't forget, you can find our other podcasts on all good podcast platforms. Just search Gosh Learning Academy. And of course, you can find all of our podcasts over on Gosh Den. We hope to see you again soon.